Good morning and happy new year. Welcome to the first Money Talk Extra of 2019. This morning, I'm going to look at some of the financial considerations in planning for a wedding. Jimmy Lamb meets a listener who's a model to hear about her financial challenges. In our investment segment, I talk to a fund manager about what could be some of the investment surprises of 2019. We love to hear from you, so please do keep all your messages, questions and comments coming, either by posting on our Facebook page, Money Talk Extra on RTHK Radio 3, or emailing moneytalk at rthk.hk. 2019 may be the year when you start planning for one of the happiest days of your life, your wedding. However, one of the biggest causes of stress in the lead-up to a wedding can be budgeting. According to the Hong Kong Investor Education Centre, a significant number of couples in Hong Kong failed to budget thoroughly for their wedding, while almost 60% overspent on their big day. So how can you avoid some of the common pitfalls that befall engaged couples who are planning a wedding? To tell us, I'm joined now by Jill Tan, Head of Communications and Resources at the Investor Education Centre. Good morning, Jill. Good morning, Peter. In Hong Kong, how much do people spend on average on their big day? According to our survey re- findings, we realise that um, couples actually look to their parents for support, financial support. About 22% actually get support from their parents and mm. about 5% take out financial bank loans and about 3% actually take out a credit line. So this is actually quite a challenge for them. And because mm. it takes a while to actually accumulate that amount of money, we also understand that majority of the couples actually take about one to three years to save up for it. And a smaller percentage, um, about 14%, say that they need more than five years. Now, it sounds like, um, according to your survey, wedding hangovers are quite common because a majority of couples overspend on their wedding. Yes, indeed. I think it's not unusual to find that most couples suffer from wedding hangovers because it's very um, all common to want to have that perfect wedding and, you know, at all costs as well. So when you go out to start budgeting and planning for the wedding, you know, you start with a long list. So mm. what we have at the Chin family is um, a tool, a wedding budgeting spreadsheet that actually breaks it down into various line items, all the way down to the licey packets that you need to give out to your groomsmen and your bridesmaid to, you know, the big ticket items like the wedding banquet. So this is actually a very good checklist, which allows you to see exactly how much you're spending and manage the items appropriately. And how much do they tend to overspend by? Oh, I think it varies from a bit, but about 60% claim that they had overspent on their budgets. So quite a lot. And what areas in particular? Are there certain areas in their wedding that they tend to just not adequately budget for? Well, for a start, we know that the big ticket items are the banquets, the jewelry and rings and honeymoon and the photography. So I think looking at that, you know, it's easy to see how you can really cut it down to, you know, cut down the cost of some of these items. So have you got some tips then for people who are thinking about getting married in terms of how they can keep their wedding costs within budget? Well, we would definitely recommend couples to actually start the planning early because the earlier you start, then the you know, more time you have to actually compare codes mm. and you can actually look for a wedding package. So instead of leaving it to the very last minute when you're under a lot of stress and you have to turn to wedding planner, which again is also, you know, an additional cost. So starting early helps and, you know, you can actually check around and compare costs and talk to the people around you who've actually mm. gone through the experience because they might have some tips. And then by coming up with a detailed 
budget, you know, you are able to really pinpoint the areas where you can make um, some adjustments. So, for instance, you know, um, thinking about whether you should be postponing your honeymoon to a later point in time. Mm. I think most um, for traditional Chinese families also, you know, the wedding is not only for the couple, but it's also for the extended family. So it's not unusual, you know, for the families to want to get involved and invite their relatives and friends. So I think that, you know, having that upfront conversations with the families jointly or maybe individually, it also helps because you set the expectations and you mm. share with them what you can actually afford. And then they can, you know, I, I, I think that they can also consider if they would like to chip in or maybe make some adjustments accordingly. Now, there's a couple of areas in particular. Mm -hmm. First of all, the photographer. We want to have good memories from our wedding, don't we? So the temptation is to maybe spend quite a bit of money on getting a good photographer, mm -hmm. having lots of photos. What do you recommend there? I think there are a lot of um, options you know, for wedding photos because a lot of couples these days prefer to actually go overseas for that for wedding photography and they do that in advance. So it could come up to quite a lot or you could actually pick a local location where you could manage the costs wisely. And what about the wedding dress? That's another big expense, yes. isn't it? I think there's always a consideration, you know, whether you want to keep that dress or whether you want to rent it. So uh, I think oftentimes we would also encourage the bride to consider, you know, what they really need. Hmm. Um, you know, as in most wedding banquets or so, it's not unusual for the couples to change their outfits quite a few times. So I think by actually cutting down the number of, um, you know, cost changes, you know, that could help you save quite a bit. And do you need a wedding planner? I think it depends on the individual. So for most people who want to take the stress out of the planning process, so they might look to a wedding planner. And um, there, at times, it might also help you to cut down or manage the costs. So uh, I think for people who are totally clueless, you know, it might not be a bad thing after all, because you can actually share your budget with a bad wedding planner, and he or she could work around, you know, your needs. Now, you mentioned a lot of couples overspend. What are the consequences of overspending? What does it mean for after the big day? I think the wedding is the first step of life together as a couple. So a lot of times, you know, it will also impact the long-term goals of the family. For instance, we also understand from our survey findings that um, these wedding couples have long-term financial goals. For instance, like, you know, within the next five years, about 71% of the surveyed newlyweds indicated that they would like to save to raise children, to purchase a property or save for a rainy day. So obviously, if you start on the wrong foot, then the less you have to start your home. So it's important, I think, for wedding couples not just to talk about the wedding, but talk about their financial life together, because they tend not to do that, do you, before, before you've actually got married, so that you know what each other's expectations are about spending and saving and investment. I think it's very important for couples to actually have upfront conversations prior to the wedding, because many people have different expectations, and to understand the other party's point of view. For instance, at the start, you know, um, one might want to put more emphasis or focus on having a beautiful and uh, unforgettable wedding. But then again, you know, the other party might think otherwise and want to save up for the future. So having that frank conversation definitely puts you on the right foot. Jill, thank you very much indeed and Happy New Year. Thank you. That was Jill Tan of the Hong Kong Investor Education Centre.